has reached epidemic proportions in America. I'm Dr. Paul Christo. This is Aches and Gains. Dr. Paul Christo is one of America's leading experts on relieving pain. He's board-certified, Harvard-trained, and a pain medicine specialist at Johns Hopkins. U.S. News and World Report ranks him as a top doctor and among the top 1% in the nation for pain management. Becker's Review selected him as one of the 70 best pain management physicians in America. He's listed as a super doctor for the Washington, D.C., Baltimore, Northern Virginia area. Aches and Gains is a weekly talk show covering all aspects of pain and pain relief. The human impact is real. Older adults, children, and even infants struggle to cope with pain. But there's hope. And there are treatments that can ease pain and suffering. The show offers compelling stories about people who found relief. We share cutting-edge treatments from contributing experts, and we offer ways to help people cope with their pain. Welcome to the show. Sometimes called cyclist syndrome, pudendal neuralgia causes nerve pain in the pelvis. Patients feel stabbing, stinging, or burning sensations around the anal, scrotal, or labial regions of the body. The pain can even radiate to the groin, thigh, or buttock. Everyday things like sitting or exercising can be virtually impossible. Activities like bike riding, childbirth, and sitting for long periods of time can trigger this type of pain. Sometimes patients can have urinary problems and it's an underestimated source of sexual pain. Pudendal neuralgia is caused by irritation, inflammation, or compression of the pudendal nerve as it extends from the sacrum to the pelvis. Even more specifically, pudendal neuralgia affects the pelvic floor, which is a bowl-like region between your pubic bone in front and your sacrum in back. This area also has muscles, tendons, and ligaments that hold the bones of the pelvis together. Today, we'll hear how an uncomplicated childbirth unexpectedly led to several years of pudendal neuralgia focused in the vaginal region. Leslie shares what she did to pull herself out of hopelessness to pain-free living. We'll then have the chance to learn about cutting-edge treatments for pudendal neuralgia from Dr. John McDonald, obstetrician, gynecologist, and anesthesiologist at UCLA Medical Center. Aches and Gains is supported by Medtronic, Purdue Pharma, Teva Pharmaceuticals, Atlantis Health Group, and Boston Scientific. For live online listening to Aches and Gains, please go to paulchristomd.com. To access podcasts of the show, please go to paulchristomd.com. If you have any questions or comments for Dr. Christo, please email him at achesandgains at gmail.com. Five years ago, our guest Leslie delivered her first child. This happy occasion was subsequently marred by a constant burning sensation that felt like a lit cigarette inside of her pelvis. She's here to share her story and help us understand more about pelvic pain that was diagnosed as pudendal neuralgia. Leslie, welcome to Aches and Gains. Hi, thank you. Tell us about the onset of your pain. I mean, what happened? I had a really healthy pregnancy. I worked out, I ate right. And then after labor, um, I left the hospital in extreme pain. And from that moment on, I mean, it went on for a few years. And according to Dr. McDonald, it had to have been from labor because I walked in the hospital without pain and left the hospital with it. Except for a long time, I did think it was 
normal because I'd never had a child before, so I figured it was, you know, par for the course with labor, but it turned out it wasn't. Yes, exactly. I have patients, or several patients actually, who will tell me that they feel like their pain is a normal consequence of a certain procedure, uh, surgery, or a particular medical condition, when in fact it isn't. You know, uh, Leslie, did you have a vaginal delivery or or a C-section? You know, I had a vaginal delivery. It was easy. Um, I wasn't in labor for very long. Mm Mm-hmm. Nothing out of the ordinary. So when did you begin to experience the pain then? Was it, was it after the labor and delivery? Oh, it was about two days after I had my daughter. I was home from the hospital, and considering I was in really good shape, in one sense my body had healed pretty fast, and my stamina was really good. So I decided to go to the park with some family members for a walk, and I remember feeling like my pelvic area was on fire and we had to leave the park and all I could think of was I need to get into a bath. I need to do something. I must have a bladder infection. I don't know what, but there's something going on. Yeah. Leslie, where specifically did you feel the pain? Pure and simple, the vagina. Yeah. I know people with pudendal neuralgia, it can be anywhere within the pelvic region, Mm -hmm. but mine was purely isolated to the vagina. That's an uncommon area of pain in someone who has pudendal neuralgia, but the pudendal nerve has three major branches, and therefore, patients typically have pain in the area around the anus, in the area called the perineum, which is between the anus and the vagina in women, or the anus and the scrotum in men, or in women it can be around the labia or the scrotum in men. Leslie, uh, pudendal neuralgia actually is a, quite an underestimated source of sexual pain. And I'm wondering, did you did it cause sexual pain? You know, I just didn't have sex for probably a year after I had my daughter. Uh-huh. Um, I was in pain. It was not even in the cards for me. Yeah. Oh, and I'm divorced, by the way. <laughs> well, Leslie, I have patients with pudendal neuralgia who find it extremely hard to sit and who have intense pain. How bad was the pain for you? I would say it was pretty constant. Um, as the pain over the years started to ease up, mm-hmm. it was variable, but initially it was constant and it was at a pretty high level. Yeah, you know, how did you take care of your little girl at that time? Oh, I think it's but you're biologically programmed. Yeah. You know, you just do it. I had to get a night nurse, probably on average two days a week. Mm. I would have to have someone come in once in a while to help me during the day. My mom moved here from out of town and quit her job to help me. I I had a lot of support. Well, that's good. You know, how did it affect your life, though, in its entirety? Um, You know, I would drive. I would almost just plow through whatever errands, life functions I had to do. I was extremely depressed. I probably talked to two of my friends outside of my family. Mm. Um, I didn't want to go out, but it was exhausting, and I really, I couldn't sit there without being miserable and pain. Wow, I can understand that. When we come back from the break, we'll talk to Leslie about how dark her depression actually got. I'm Dr. Paul Christo, and you're listening to Aches and Gains. Aches and Gains is supported by Medtronic, the global leader in medical technology, alleviating pain, restoring health, and extending life for millions of people around the world. Teva, a leading global pharmaceutical company committed to increasing access to high-quality health care by developing, producing, and marketing affordable generic medicines, as well as innovative and specialty pharmaceuticals. Atlantis Health Group, 
Atlantis is a comprehensive multi-specialty physician group committed to enhancing the quality and process of healthcare delivery across the country. Visit AtlantisHG.com. Welcome back. We're speaking with Leslie, who has pudendal neuralgia. Uh, Leslie, did you ever reach the point where you became completely hopeless from the pain? Oh my gosh, absolutely. I told my ex-husband at the time, it was about right at the time I was figuring out, you know, for sure this is what I have. I remember telling him, if it wasn't for our daughter, I would probably not care if I was alive. Wow. And I had never had a single thought like that in my entire life. Yeah. No, that's awful. And I'm sorry to hear that. How did how did the pain affect your marriage? The dynamics change and the dynamics have to be able to change. Yeah. Because life, you know, is always changing. Right. So we had sort of our first test and failed. And now, you know, I am with somebody and I'm with someone who could handle something like that. Mm-hmm. I think more than anything, he felt neglected. Yeah, and I can understand that. I'm glad you mentioned that, too, because I think a lot of people don't realize how pain can destroy your life emotionally and socially. Oh, yeah. It's a game changer. You're not who they met at the start. Mm-hmm. I hear that a lot. And and who did you become after the pain started? I became very isolated, and that was part of the depression. I think pain and depression feed into one another. Yeah. And at some point, you have to do your best to break that cycle in order to relieve both. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. And how did you break that cycle? I got in touch with a girl with pudendal neuralgia from law school Mm -hmm. and then just went on a frenzy of getting answers and finding doctors. Wow. How was the diagnosis eventually made? You know, that day I went to the park. The next day I was in my OB's office. He examined me and he said, I don't think I've ever seen this in my 25 years, but I'm pretty sure you have nerve damage from labor. Wow. Was that specifically pudendal neuralgia then? Mm -hmm. Five or six months after the birth of your little girl, you then met Dr. McDonald in Los Angeles. Dr. McDonald was the one who said it was from labor. Mm -hmm. And he said, you know, sometimes the simplest answer is the best. He said, did you walk in with pain? I said, no. Did you walk out with it? Yes. Labor. That is... And it made sense. <laughs> right. His theory was that, you know, my daughter was pretty low for a while, uh-huh. and she had probably cut off blood circulation to the nerve and damaged it. Mm-hmm. And by low, you mean that your uh, daughter was low in the pelvis and close to the pudendal nerves. In addition to labor, things like uh, prolonged sitting, trauma, bike riding for long periods of time, and changes in the muscles of the pelvic floor can cause pudendal neuralgia. Many of my patients will describe the pain as a stinging, burning sensation. Uh, What was yours like? Kind of like someone holding a lit cigarette up to you. Mm, That must have been horrible. And I'm sure many listeners wonder just how you got through that. And we'll find out later. But first, we have to take a break. And when we return, we'll talk to pelvic pain expert Dr. John McDonald from UCLA Medical Center. I'm Dr. Paul Christo, and you're listening to Aches and Gains. Aches and Gains is supported by Purdue Pharma, making a positive impact on healthcare and on lives, reminding everyone to safeguard medications in their home. Boston Scientific, a leader in microelectric implantable technologies used to treat chronic neuropathic pain. Dr. John McDonald is an expert in pelvic pain. His research focuses on how best to relieve pain from organs such as the bladder, uterus, and colon. He's a professor of obstetrics and gynecology, as well as anesthesiology, at UCLA Medical Center. 
He's also a faculty member at the Nanosystems Institute. Dr. McDonald, welcome to Aches and Gains. Thank you. Let's start now with where the pelvis is located anatomically. And let's start with the symphysis pubis, also known as the pubic bone. And uh, all the area contained between that and the sacral area. Uh And the sacral area includes the sacrum on both sides and includes all the uh, component bones that make up the side plates for the pelvis. Mm -hmm. The pelvis supports internal organs like the bladder and in women, the ovaries and fallopian tubes and in men, the prostate and penis. The sacrum is a large triangular bone that's positioned at the base of the spine. The upper part connects with the last lumbar vertebra, and the bottom part connects with the coccyx, also known as the tailbone. Pudental neuralgia primarily affects the pelvic floor. Will you describe for us what the pelvic floor encompasses? The um, pelvic floor has to do with the musculature of the pelvis, right. and the levator ani is the most important muscle in this group. Mm. There are two other muscle groups on the sidewalls, but the levator ani is the one that forms the area for the female, for example, and the male both. If there is a lot of straining and pushing and any injuries to the levator ani, then the prices that the individual pays is really quite great. And sometimes this suddenness of onset of pain happens because blood supply to the pudendal nerves on both sides sneaks along the side of the levator ani, both on the right side and left side. Yeah, great description. I mean, think of the pelvic floor as a bowl-like region between your pubic bone in front and your sacrum in back. This is an area that has lots of muscles and tendons and ligaments that hold the bones of the pelvis together. Now, you also mentioned the levator ani. That's a broad, thin muscle that's really situated on either side of the pelvis. And think of that as really forming, for the most part, the floor of the pelvic cavity. And this muscle supports a lot of the organs of the pelvic cavity. Before we talk about the medical condition called pudendal neuralgia, I'd like to delve into where the pudendal nerves are. There are only two pudendal nerves, one on the right and one on the left. Pudendal nerve comes off of S2, sacral 2, 3, and 4 on both sides also. Mm -hmm. Then uh, the pudendal nerve uh, transitions these three nerve structures from S2, 3, and 4 all the way down on the right side and left side, right. but as a singular or tubular, if you will, uh, sort of organelle. Mm-hmm. And so it is really referred to as the right pudendal and the left pudendal. And this is uh, identical in both males and females. Right. The pudendal nerve is formed by three spinal nerves that are positioned in the sacrum. The nerve then extends from the sacrum to the pelvis and lies near the inner part of the ischial tuberosity, which is the bone that we sit on. Finally, the pudendal nerve divides into three main branches. Yes, and the one is to the clitoris, and one is to the vaginal area, and one is to the anal area. You know, things like irritation, inflammation, entrapment, or compression, even trauma along the nerve from doing things like prolonged sitting, 
bike riding, long distances, uh, changes in the pelvic floor from labor can all cause pudendal neuralgia. And a lot of patients that I've seen will experience sort of a stabbing, stinging, or burning sensations around the uh, anal region, the scrotal region in men, the vaginal region in women, or even up to the groin or thigh. It is really like a Chinese puzzle. It, it can be a multiplicity of uh, areas. Indeed. Uh, Dr. McDonald, what are some of the causes of pudendal neuralgia that people might have but have never thought about? They would be experiencing pain anytime they would sit for long periods of time. Mm-hmm. Uh, when they sometimes were walking uh, long distances, if they were, for example, riding a bicycle, and if they were having constipation at the uh, time of defecation, they would have a great amount of pain associated with the pushing and and what have you. Exactly. And Jack, you have a great diagnostic clue for pudendal neuralgia. What is that? Females and males both can have Mm -hmm. um, misery from the standpoint of trying to get any relief. And certainly from walking yeah. uh, and standing, uh, that's one of the big uh, plus diagnostic items I can suggest that my colleague physicians use. Mm-hmm. If a patient says pain on sitting, but relief of pain on standing right away, you should be thinking about pudendal neuralgia. That's very helpful. And Jack, why does this condition affect women more than men? I, I have no idea. But <laughs> if 10 patients walked into my office with pudendal pelvic pain, uh, seven of the ten would be females, and two to three would be males. Yeah, I agree. I see the same number of women compared to men. Dr. McDonald, we heard from our previous guest, Leslie, how life-altering pudendal neuralgia can be, and she even thought of suicide at one point. Do you have other patient stories like this, too? Yes, yes, I do. Dr. Andrew Rapkin and myself put together a suffering scale. Uh-huh. And what I mean by that is that many times it's like an iceberg in the ocean. You only see a little bit of the top of uh-huh. it, but you don't see the suffering that's below it. Right. And that suffering can be professional life happiness, sexual and sensual life happiness, anhedonia, meaning loss of pleasure, future planning and goal setting, and grieving for your former self, isolation, helplessness, hopelessness, and all these things we put together in a scale of 10. And we found in a series of looking at 75 patients, we're about to publish this paper, mm-hmm. and that this suffering scale would do much to suggest to physicians, get this patient to a psychologist, psychiatrist right away, and get, get her on medication as soon as possible. Absolutely, you're right. I think there's a great deal of emotional suffering that accompanies chronic pain like pudendal neuralgia. We have to break, but when we come back, we'll talk to Dr. McDonald about cyclist syndrome. I'm Dr. Paul Christo, and you're listening to Aches and Gains. For live online listening to Aches and Gains, please go to paulchristomd.com. To access podcasts of the show, please go to paulchristomd.com. That's paulchristomd.com. And we're back speaking with Dr. John McDonald, pelvic pain expert from UCLA Medical Center. Dr. McDonald, this condition has been called cyclist syndrome. Why? Uh, these guys who would do uh, sometimes 30 to 40 miles uh-huh. uh, as a warm-up in the evening, you know, uh, would spend enough time and have enough stroke with their cycle and with their uh, buttocks going up and down on that side yeah. that stretching occurred. And stretching uh, that occurred was, is very interesting because when I was at Ohio State University, we looked at 
um, did the ischial spines move during delivery of babies significantly? Uh-huh. Yes, it did. We found as as high as two of two to two point five uh, um, centimeters. Wow! And we think that same thing happens with male cyclists. And I think the terminology male cy- or a cyclist syndrome came out because so many uh, men started coming. Um, by with their fancy uniforms and everything <laughs> on, and after a while, someone looked at this and said, "This must be something associated with their bicycling." So cyclists are at risk, and it sounds like what you're saying is that the ischial spine moves so much that it actually impinges on the pudendal nerve, causing pudendal neuralgia. What else is a big risk factor? I, th- I think the number one issue from my standpoint, and I tell all my patients, I say to them, tell me about your uh, dietary intake on a regular basis. Mm -hmm. And now talk to me about your uh, bowel movements on a regular basis. Patients looked at me very suspiciously and saying, my goodness, you know, (laughs) I'm embarrassed to talk about this. I said, yes, I know you are, but it's very important. Let's talk about it. Mm-hmm. And so when it would come down to it, the patients who had uh, the, the most pain were patients who had long histories of bowel, bowel movement straining mm-hmm. over and over again. And when you multiply uh, the number of straining you can have in an entire year, you can see that significant stretching can occur. Right. And so I think uh, that is the number one enemy. And I think, and I say to these patients, get on probiotics as quickly as you can, yeah. number one. Number two, uh, make, make sure that you, you develop some sort of a loving relationship with yogurt. And we're having some very interesting studies occurring on patients who, who are having transposition of uh, bowel stool from one patient to a patient who who needs that and and some of these patients are are turning around and and getting better within within days i think the number one enemy is, is straining okay so that's important straining is number one and then long distance cyclists really are at risk as well most new uh, bicycles that come out for long distance uh, cycling mm-hmm. uh, has a a dual seat. On the left side is for the left ischium. On the right side is for the right ischium. Okay. So I think that is a wonderful preventive type thing that um, the the cyclist people have put together. That sounds great. And by the way, the tuberosities or ischial tuberosities are the sitting bones, and there's one on each side. You know, uh, when I see male bike riders who have pudendal neuralgia, they often complain of stinging pain in the scrotum, groin, and anus. I mean, what what do you see in these patients? Uh, they say exactly the same thing. And then in addition, they also have uh, penile pain. And some have penile numbness on half of uh, half of the side of the penis. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, and some have a little numbness down their leg. Right. Uh, they have a complicity of, of different complaints. And Jack, how about uh, female cyclists? Yes, I've seen pain in the clitoral area yeah. more frequently than the other areas, but the other areas do include the areas that we just mentioned. Let's talk now about who else is at risk. We've talked about uh, prolonged sitting as a risk factor, uh, bike riding, trauma. What about childbirth? Especially these days, because 
uh, or obstetrician gynecologists are not using forceps delivery mm. anymore. Mm-hmm. And so they're more attentive to the fact that this head must move down and go past uh, uh, the narrowest portion of the pelvis, and then the patient must push this baby out. And in so doing, some patients may be pushing for two to four hours. Wow. Mm-hmm. And those patients, I think, are certainly at greater risk. Well, is it throughout labor or is it just during a certain stage of labor? Uh, if you're asking me what's the comparative, I would say that the patients who are in second stage longer than three to four hours certainly are the ones I think we could put them in the highest risk group, if you know what I mean. Sure. Because women are having C-sections more frequently today, this may indeed avoid the complication of pudendal neuralgia from childbirth by effectively reducing second-stage labor time. And unfortunately, we're out of time for this segment. But we'll talk more with Leslie on an upcoming segment about how she successfully pulled herself out of hopelessness to pain-free living, and then hear about cutting-edge treatments for pudendal neuralgia from Dr. John McDonald. I'm Dr. Paul Christo, and you're listening to Aches and Gains. The views and opinions expressed in this radio program are solely the views of Dr. Paul Christo and do not necessarily express the views of this radio station and Johns Hopkins University School of Medicine, nor an endorsement by any or all of them of any of its content. This show provides medical information, not advice. Please consult your personal physician before engaging in any course of treatment or use of any of the techniques or products discussed on this show. Discussion of particular uses of products on this show have not been approved by any of the manufacturers of such products. To access podcasts of the show, please go to paulchristomd.com. That's paulchristomd.com. Aches and Gains is produced by Tom Blair and Ty Ford. Elsa Langford is the technical consultant and engineer. Dr. Paul Christo is the executive producer. Thanks for listening. This is Aches and Gains with Dr. Paul Christo.